Chuck from Above the Basement, Boston Music and Conversation, the official podcast partner of the 2017 Boston Music Awards. 2017 sees the Boston Music Awards celebrate their 30th anniversary this week on December 7th at House of Blues in Boston. Tickets are open to the public and on sale now via the Boston Music Awards website at bostonmusicawards.com. The night will feature multiple live performances from nominated artists and winners will also be announced that night. So if you want to see who wins firsthand, make sure you grab tickets. Boston-born and raised rocker Carissa Johnson plays with energy and attitude, and her quick-hitting songs are a throwback to gritty punk rock and roll. Carissa is nominated for three Boston Music Awards, including Rock Artist, New Artist, and Unsigned Artist of the Year. She was also the winner of the 2017 Boston Rock and Roll Rumble and has her own media label called Fuel Heart Productions. She is currently doing workshops on do-it-yourself touring with Vanessa Silberman of A Diamond Heart Production. We were fortunate to have Vanessa as a special guest on this episode as well. So here is our conversation with Carissa Johnson, recorded at Woods Hill Table in Concord, Massachusetts. So I'm sorry, Vanessa, what's, what's your last name again? Silberman. Silberman. With a B. With a B, correct. You probably say that a lot to people. Yeah, because yeah. people think it's Silverman. With a V. Yeah. <laughs> My name's Hirschberg, and people will say Hirschberger all the time. And I'll say, no, it's Hirschberg <laughs> without the er. It's like a chocolate burger. Hirschberger. It is. Hershey burger. <laughs> That's what they called me when I was in third grade. Oh, no. Every oh, God, single day. Really? Look, he's starting now to I'm sweat. starting to oh, shake. No, I'm he's starting to sweat. That's okay. Oh, he's all nervous oh, now. Oh, no. My been, son's about the same. Well, he's, he's 12 bullied. right now, but really? people just call him Uncle Ben. Really? Yeah, his name's Ben. Oh, okay. They call him Uncle Ben? Yeah. That's not, that, that's not bad. It started with the whole Uncle Ben's rice thing, mm-hmm. and some kids said Uncle Ben once, and it stuck. But I don't oh, think wow. I think many of them have no idea what Uncle Ben's rice is. Wow. No, that's you have to be from the you know raised in the 70s and 80s to know what Uncle Ben's is. Uncle Ben's rice is when always in born? my house. When were you? I was born in 1947. <laughs> He's no, it's, it's no. a lie. It's a I lie. believe that's a I'm lie. I'm kidding. Don't do believe it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a farm-to-table gourd. It's <laughs> really cool. It came from the farm. It is now on the table. I like it. I want to yeah. open it up. 
<laughs> Can you eat gourds? Yes. What do you eat with? It's not like a squash. Uh, it is like a squash. It's like a I mean, it's like a squash, squash, but you can't eat it like a squash. It would not be delicious like a squash. It yeah. would be harder, but I think you can eat it. We'll cook it right up right after the interview. I've never heard anybody eating gourd. <laughs> sounds like an L.A. thing, if you ask me. I think they eat gourds in L.A. <laughs> it's a very well, L.A. Carissa, thing. Carissa Johnson's here, and she brought her uh, wonderful friend, Vanessa. Vanessa yeah. And they met each other in Boston playing gigs. We did. We were on our sixth tour together. Your sixth awesome. tour? Yeah. Been touring all over the U.S. this year. It's been crazy. Six tours in, in one year? In one year. So what constitutes a tour? There have been a couple two-weekers, and then a couple monthers. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was like a five-week tour. There was a four-week tour. There was have a you ever been tour. on a three-hour tour? <laughs> I don't know if that's a tour. I'm sorry. <laughs> in July, actually, we did a tour um, in July. I was opening up for Vanessa's band. The and then I got offered a show at Sinclair, smack dab in the middle of that tour. Uh-huh. And I had known that I was like, oh, man, I'm going to be in like Davis, California that day. And I have a show <laughs> the next day also. But I was like, I do have that night off. I have to play Sinclair. It's been a goal of mine all year. Yeah, it's a great for place. Years. We love that place. Me too. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I don't care what it takes. I'm just going to play it. And then I flew out of Reno that night. It was a three-hour tour, I guess, to Boston. And we played. And then you I really went, did have a three-hour tour. Played with my band. Flew right out after the show. And then played Davis, California the next night. So wow. Reno to Boston to California with no sleep. And it was amazing. It sounds like a Grateful Dead song. <laughs> well, it sounds like a Johnny Cash song because of the Reno thing. But I flew out of Reno. I went right to the Sinclair. You know, oh, there yeah? There you go. And then you just keep going. Yeah. Oh, There's there you go. There's your verse. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole song. But uh, it was so fun. That's cool. That's crazy. That's a lot of touring. And I'm doing it again, actually, on this tour, I think. I'm flying out of West Virginia, coming home for one show with my other band, Swivel, in Manchester, and then flying out right after the show and meeting Vanessa back in uh, Philly. I'm going to play Baltimore, and she's going to play uh, Philadelphia. Or wait, where are you playing? I don't know. I'm playing Manchester. Manchester. Yeah. Manchester, New Hampshire. Manchester, New Hampshire, yeah. Now, where are you from? I'm Andover? from Andover, Mass., yeah. I always say I'm based in Boston. Boston's pretty much where I spend most of my time. Yeah, I've lived in Andover my whole life. I practice with my band in Andover. And you play in New Hampshire a lot, too? Yeah, over the past few years, yeah. New, um, New Hampshire's a definitely uh, a big place that we hit. Yeah, going through to, like, Portland as well in Maine. Oh, cool. And, uh, Manchester's been a good place. The Shasking is a place we like to hit. It's a cool strip. Yeah, yeah. I think it's at Elm Street. Yeah, something. yeah. there used to be a couple coffee shops and thrift stores that held shows. And um, when I was first getting this solo project off the ground, I'd play there acoustic a lot. And that was really fun. Yeah, I've always loved going through New Hampshire. I'm I've only driven through Manchester. I never actually stopped there. It's an old that old mill town. That yeah. It's, it looks kind of cool, but I just never stopped through it. It's got a lot to it. It's, it's, it is a mill town. It's uh, There's got a nice community to it. You know who's from there is um, the couple comedians, actually. You know Adam Sandler is from oh, there. Oh, yeah. Okay. And also, I've never uh, heard of him. <laughs> Sarah Silverman's from New Sarah Hampshire. Sarah Silverman with a V. With a V. <laughs> and also, um, he was on Saturday Night Live. He did Weekend Update. Seth Meyers. Oh, Seth Meyers okay. is from Manchester is. area too. Yeah, there's and a lot of comedians. And my sister-in-law, but she's not a comedian. But. Yeah. No, she's hilarious. I feel like there's a lot of comedians <laughs> from the East Coast. <laughs> she is pretty funny, actually. <laughs> anyway, she's, she's digress. Funny when it's so cold. Yeah. Oh, poor Vanessa. I know. Vanessa's from LA, and this is cold weather for her, but it's only like, I don't know, what is it, like 40 degrees out, maybe? We need to give a mid podcast shout out to Vanessa for her band, too. So tell us what the band is. It's uh, it's myself. It's called the Vanessa Silberman Band, uh, featuring Reed Mullen from Corrosion of Conformity, and then uh, my 
producer, musician friend, Michael Ross. What are you in Boston for? I'm in Boston for the tour that me and Chris are on. Um, It's called the Hearts and Crowns Tour. It's of the East Coast. It goes down through the South and uh, back around. That's great. So you're on the whole tour? Oh, yes. Okay, great. Sorry, go ahead, Chuck. I have nothing to say. All right. Back to Clarissa. Carissa. Carissa, yes. Wrong wrong name. Okay. Well, you said Chris, and you messed me all up. My dad calls me Chris. Do you call Chris. her Chris? Chris. So it sounded like... It's like Chris, but you say you it quick, so, so she's like Chris. My dad calls Chris. me Chaz. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Unless I'm in trouble. Although, I'm, you know, I haven't been in trouble for like 20 years, though. Yeah. So he doesn't get, That's mad. A good he doesn't thing. get mad at me much anymore. A lot yeah. of people in his family call him Chucky also. Chucky. Well, it's good to have a lot of names. They've known, if they know me before, when I was like five, they call me Chucky. Okay. I and anybody I, that's been on the podcast can also call him Chucky. No, Chucky. Don't call me Chucky. Chaz. Please. Chuck, <laughs> Chuck is fine. Chuck. Cool. But you know what I noticed when I email people about the podcast saying, oh, it's Chuck. I would like to have you on. Are you, are you interested? Yeah. And then email back. Thanks for emailing me, Charles. I'm like, where are you oh. getting Charles from? I didn't. Wow. It's not anywhere. Uh, no, it doesn't. Yes, yeah. really it does. It does? Yes. When you are on the email circuit with me, it says but Charles. In the two. Oh, in the front. In the front. But it says Charles. But I, re- I say Chuck. <laughs> it's my signature, Chuck. But people see it probably with the subject name. Like yeah, listen to Vanessa. She knows what she's talking about. Yeah, these people from LA, they're yeah. so uppity. <laughs> All right, so. so um, <laughs> Anyways. Welcome to Concord. Uh, we're Thank really you so glad much. to have you. So I've been listening to, to I've been listening to your albums, your albums, all of them. You have one that came out in 2015. Yes. And then you have one that came out in 2016. Exactly. And now you have a single out. Yep. And they were all Very good. awesome. Thank you so much. And we were just saying, uh, I don't know. I we think were, one of them was not uh, that awesome. We were saying uh, earlier. We, we were talking a little <laughs> earlier. We've had a lot of different musicians on. I don't think we have one real. I don't want to insult anybody who's been on, but pure rocker. Like you. Oh, thank like, you. Like I'm thinking, like the Pretenders, like Tuscadero. Uh, oh, Leather Tuscadero? Leather yeah. Tuscadero. Oh, man, thank yeah. you. Right? She's cool. That's yeah. so cool. I, was gonna, I thought I was yeah. going to date myself, but I'm uh, glad you said that. No, but, that's so great. That's that's what inspired Joan Jett. That's what inspired ex- me. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? And that jacket is awesome. Oh, thanks. You don't see those kind of jackets Can we get anymore. a picture of this, guys? With the, the name of the, what's the name of the band on the that back hurt. of that? The name of the band. Oh, the, the denim jacket that I have? Or this oh, one? I don't know. Leather. I think oh, it's the, that one. Um, this one has nothing on the back. That's not denim. That's leather. But, um, oh, there was one that you had that has a the two, gets. The gets. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You have you have another. Do you know one. the gets? I don't. Okay. But I don't see many. We haven't had anyone on the podcast who has an awesome jacket like that. Oh, with, thank like, you. Band names <laughs> in the back. Thanks. That's yeah. Oh, that's old school seventies, eighties, Ratskeller, CBGBs, rock and roll. I so wish I was around for that because like <laughs> I'm so inspired by that. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, he was born in '47, right? I was. I was. I I was around for that, but I never actually. I don't think I ever went to the Rat Skeller, unfortunately. Yeah, you would have been. You would have been beat up. Close. I went to the Rat when I was in ni- in ninety four. Oh, okay, no, no, no. I was, that's I when I was born. About. Yeah, when Carissa was born. Yeah, I remember. I remember bringing Carissa with a baby Bjorn into the Rat, actually, <laughs> and we walked. It's a little weird. It was a little bizarre, but I had that bounce, and yeah. Chris was like, "Die!" Yeah. Uh, this is good. and we and we went right to the stage and like I think uh, Letters to Cleo was playing. This oh is, my god! This is going Do you guys know Letters to Cleo? I love them. Let's talk about them. Okay. How good are they? They're amazing. What are they doing now? They just did a show. Actually, Kay Hanley was just at Q Division. I just found out and I missed it. Oh. But she was playing a show with like Juliana Hatfield. Um, cool. Members of Belly. You guys, re- you remind me of that. You Thank mentioned it earlier. Yeah. But I have to say, with maybe it's because when I was listening to Letters to Cleo. Um, it was live, yeah. And uh, there's something about the studio element that I never really, 
I never listened to them from, yeah. from with their albums. But anyway, your arrangements are very crisp. Part of it reminded me of Letters to Cleo, but with That's a, so a cool. more refined edge to it. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it's funny. If you can refine an edge. When I was younger, I must have been in uh, early elementary school, and I saw the movie Josie and the Pussycats. And I oh. loved the soundtrack, and I was obsessed with the songs, yeah. and that's what made me want to play guitar. And then I found out later it was Kay Henley who recorded those songs at Q Division, huh. singing as Josie. Really? And then I found out about yeah. Letters to Cleo, and then Greg, actually from Letters to Cleo, played at the Rumble this year with City Rivals. But um, they're all so nice. I haven't they're met cool. Kay yet, but I want to. I want to do a show opening for them so bad. They're all pretty old, like me, like my oh. age. Like, they're all like <laughs> mid-40s. And very nice. What's what's uh the drummer's name is uh, Stacy. He's a guy named Stacy. He played in Veruca Salt and had American Hi-Fi. Yeah. Oh, he played American Hi-Fi. Yeah, that was his band. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The drummer was Brian Nolan. I don't know if you know that name. I know the Um, name. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm impressed, man. You're pulling these names (laughs) out of your butt. Yeah, I just made it up. But I mean, but um, they were really good, and I I felt that. With listening to your music. Thank you. Yeah, I remember hearing the. Uh, I think I saw the video, the music video for Here and Now, and I remember I just put out the album for. That was now. a big hit. It was so catchy, and then it reminded me of another one of my songs, Fuel Heart, where I was like, Oh my god! Like I was totally inspired by this, unknowingly almost. Where like I hadn't even really listened. Well, to Well, remember letters. you were just a baby with me. Exactly. At the Red. I was yeah. just like I'm not even one year about old. This. <laughs> but this totally, is, totally inspired. I remember even when you were in the womb. <laughs> When we used to play when I was some in of your like pre- seriously, <laughs> this has got to stop. No, but what what is she? Do you know what she's saying? I looked it up and I have since forgot. But I still love that song. I love the the melodic songs and the the good energy rock and roll punk thing. So. first person we've had on who's been inspired by Josie and the Pussycats. I know. I guess that might be a rare that's thing. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> well, you never know what's going to trigger you to do whatever you're going to do. Yeah. Josie, how's that go? It's still Josie. my favorite movie. I don't know if the song goes like that. <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats. I mean, you know what they're from, right? The cartoon, the, right? The, well, the, the comic book. Comic book, yeah. With uh, Archie and Jughead. Weren't they Josie and the Pussycats? Weren't they like their buddies? Really? I don't Wait, know. This was I could an be Archie make, spinoff? I could be making this up. I think it was, actually. I, but I, I think do, it was. Yeah. I wasn't familiar with the early, early Josie and the Pussycats, but I saw the movie when I was real young, didn't understand the storyline, but was completely affected by it. I never saw the movie. <laughs> but it's that's really cool. awesome. Look, it's it's true. You never know what you're going to be inspired 
Yeah. Bye. And it could be something as silly as, as a silly kids movie. Yeah. That kind of just points in whatever direction. Oh, totally. Go. That's great. Totally. That's great. And the person in it is a is a Boston person. Not the actor. It was Rachel Lee Cook. But the person who. But Kay Hanley was singing the singing, songs. Yeah. yeah. So you are you're nominated for for three. Three. Yeah. BMAs. Being Boston Music Awards. Thanks. What are we clapping for? I won them all. The nominations. Oh, nominations. Okay. <laughs> I'm just. I'm still a little upset about the baby Bjorn comment. <laughs> um, so you're you're nominated for Rock Artist of the Year, Unsigned Artist of the Year, and New Artist. Of new the Artist year. of the Year. Congratulations. Thank that's, you so much. That's awesome. That's awesome. But this is not your first uh, merry-go-round here. You won the Rock and Roll Rumble, yes. right? Back in April of this past year. Yeah. I heard you burned the place down. I did. Yep. Someone <laughs> the fire pulled the fire came alarm and halfway through my set. They were like, this really? is too hot. Can you tell that story? Yeah. So I was. Uh, it was my third song. It was a song that I was planning on getting everyone to sing along to, my song for now. And um, we had a a part in it where we like take the song real down like down low get everyone to sing it and then bring it right back up all of a sudden halfway through the song right when we're about to do that the lights go on it started to sound like there was like a big technical difficulty where the amps weren't working and then i'm like well there's something going on so let's stop playing but my drummer just kept going um but then i just uh it's the hair in front of the hair he's got more hair than steph and i combined and it's so beautiful awesome hair it's beautiful hair when he gets the fan going and he's just like he looks like a but he clearly, mystical creature. He couldn't see the cues. Yeah, I think there was probably just too much hair in he his just, face. He <laughs> felt it though. He felt the oh, vibe. Yeah. He was in the moment, man. It was like the this big is a, this night. This is that once like, ballroom. The finals. Yeah, that's the one night we don't want anything to go wrong. Right. Then everyone's like being filed outside in the rain, and then like this is kind of magical. I mean, it's like everyone's just like in really good spirits. And they're like, oh my god, this is so fun. This is so crazy. What's going on? And they're like, this is history. And like, I'm like I don't even know. I don't know how. I just gotta figure out how I'm gonna go back into my set now because now everything's just like derailed yeah but it was also really exciting because i like those moments for some reason where it's like all right now i gotta get this back on track we had only 30 minutes given to us for that competition where that's a big factor and like if you go on to the next round or not if you go over 30 minutes by like a minute or two you can get points taken off Mm. and so we were we had everything down to a click and we're like well we can't start the song halfway where we started and they're being really cool and saying like, yeah, just do your thing. Like, don't worry about the time. But we had to play the first song again without the click, but then go into the rest of the set with it. As we started that song over from the top, everyone started filing in. The lights all went down and then we just like kicked right into it. And then we did, a, I think the Dead Boys cover so much energy, even more energy. And I think I just wanted to bring it up so much that it was just like all of us were like pushing through that all together and the crowd was really with us and was just like we're not going to let this night be derailed by a fire alarm
You were the first woman to win since Dresden Dolls won, like yeah, years ago? Yeah, 2009. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I heard that. First of all, that's a crime. I know, first of it's all, weird. That it's behaving that long for another woman to What win. was it, eight Come years? In. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And I heard that yeah. the night of the finals, Amanda Palmer is a huge inspiration of mine. Yeah, she's great. And um, I think the, the last female to win besides that was Amy Mann in 83. Wow. And like, there's oh, been wow. other females in the bands, but as yeah. far as fronting, I think there's yeah. only four total. When you're using a click, uh, we're switching gears here. We're talking yeah. clicks now. Clicks. Well, no, I mean it's the same <laughs> story about the click. I want people to understand what that is that are listening to this too. So, yeah. do you actually have a metronome going on in your earphones? Yeah, the drummer does, and uh, we don't always do that. Just the drummer. Just the drummer. Okay. So then he is the clock for all of us. Okay. Right. Um, so we measure out the banter, measure out everything, and it's really? not. Not always it can't be rehearsed perfectly because I know that stuff feels stiff when you like you know do that and you're like I'm gonna say this at this point and this and this like I don't want every second to be planned out I love being spontaneous if you do that, you'll be able to tell. but you have exactly, a general yeah. amount of measures of four fours let's say or three four that are banter exactly that are just sort so of reserved like, for how's everybody doing da, 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 yeah da, da, da. so at practice we would play to the exact click we were playing to at the show and then I'd talk and know the general things I wanted to say and how long I had to say them and then Nick would do like like a little click on the ride to like notify me about five seconds and he'd kind of like just start playing a little bit to kind of like go along you know with with what I was saying and That's then we'd go right in and it was cool. I mean, we practiced every single night in April. Because of that, we were able to make it to the end. And like, we just wanted to play for that crowd. The energy was was like nothing else. One of the things, I'm a big sports fan, okay? Oh, yeah. And one of the things they say about athletes who win championships, it's the only profession where when you win something, you get champagne poured over you and you get to go nuts. Yeah. And you proved that wrong. Everyone threw, you got sh- you get a champagne bath all over you. Yep. Never, that's, that was pretty cool. And I didn't even go into it thinking about my outfit fit or like wearing my favorite jacket and uh, risking ruining right. the whole thing but well, it ended up cleaning up yeah. nice Character. well that, they call it a rumble chuck so it's very sports i'm all yeah, for it yeah i like to see it as not a competition i think a lot of people do see it as that it's definitely i mean it's a competition but it's also like it can be more of like a community like everyone's here to showcase what they have and just be here yeah. and that's the magic of it that's why it was so cool it was yeah. just like oh my god i just want to be here every night it is yeah. a community and we've noticed that we've had a lot of people who have either been nominated or have won won previous years for the BMAs mm-hmm. and everybody's yeah. f- everybody knows each other and everyone's like yeah. rooting for each other everyone's just happy to be nominated if they win yeah. fantastic if my buddy wins or my you know whatever that, that's, oh, that's yeah. great so that's the that's a beautiful thing about it right? yeah, yeah and the BMAs so we should say so you're nominated for those three yes. awards right mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be on December 7th right mm-hmm. 2017 and you're playing I am and that's what I was getting I'm to I'm sorry I'm sorry is that not only that but you are going to be live on stage and do you know, is that the beginning, middle, or end, or they have not have they not planned that yet? They haven't told me. I'm not sure. I don't think it's yeah. at the beginning. I think there was this other thing that's going on, the competition for, it's like a voting thing yeah. for 617 Sessions for the, right. um, I think it's to open up the ceremony with one song. They released a single through the Boston Record Company. So everyone recorded yeah. a single in one day. There's 10 bands. I'm actually part of that competition. You're going to play how many songs? Four, I believe. Oh, really? They, they said 15 minutes, so... I think that's four songs for me. That's the thing. I was also <laughs> I was gonna say it's two to three minutes a song. I, yeah. If I was listening to your uh, to your album, and also I'm like the album's over in half an hour. Yeah. And it just seemed like quick. You know, it's like yeah. quick hitting you in the face and. Yeah, and I'm, I'm actually in the process of putting together um, the uh, track listing for my next album coming out in March. Right now, it sits at 28 minutes, and there's eight songs finished, mm-hmm. but. 
most of the albums have been like 32 minutes long and like 10 or 11, 12 songs. And I was looking up all my favorite bands, like the lengths of their albums, because there's still one or two that are going to fit on this album. And I'm like, man, if it's under a half hour, I wonder like how that sits with like other albums. I looked up Ramones and it was like 26. Blondie was like 32. Wow. You know, like Bad Reputation was like around there, like early 30s too. Yeah, like, two, three minutes a song. Is... Yeah, because that's all you need. I really like You Lost You. Oh, thanks. I love how it goes from 4-4 four, four, to mm-hmm. the halftime 2-4. Yeah, and you know what's funny? And you I didn't, expect it again. Yeah, you know? and it's it's really cool. Um, I didn't even expect the song to be like that. When I wrote it, I was picturing it very four on the floor driving, and then when I played it with Nick, he just took it down half, and I was like, whoa, I'm like falling into this right now, but like this is like perfect. Like this is the song. Like That's what it is, but I didn't even write it intentionally thinking that. Yeah. And then when Steph laid on her guitars, it added a whole other feel to it. That's like the magic of having a backing band behind you, because if I just did that song, it'd be a completely different thing. But they both added so much to it. And, Steph is, Steph is yeah. awesome. What's her name? She's great. Stephanie Curran. Yeah. She's a new addition to the band. So Nick is on Only Roses okay. for most of it. But that was also when the band was kind of um, being figured out. On this new album, it'll be just the three of us. And um, featuring a few other people, but and for who's the, the drummer? core of it. Um, Nick Hall. Nick Hall. Stephanie Curran. Yeah. And then you and you play electric bass. Yes. We've had three bass players, including you, in 67 episodes. You are 67th episode. Really? And actually two. Two of them uh, were female, Allison Keslow, okay. um, who's been nominated for the BMAs three times. She's a jazz player. Okay. She'll be there awesome. uh, with us. And you're the second female. Cool. And we're going to have another bass player. That's right. We are. Who's that? We're going to London. Oh. He's a dude named Leland Sklar. And, uh, you, you know that name sounds familiar. He's a guy now that's, I think he's 70. And okay. he started in 1968 or so with James Taylor mm-hmm. and uh, Jackson Brown he's and Phil Collins. Big, and, long Dumbledore beard and, and long, long hair. He's Eric Clapton. Since the 60s. Okay. He's played with Clapton. He's played with all the greats. And sort of, we just have this opportunity to meet with That's him. That's awesome. I've heard so that name before. I like your bass playing. Thank you. Because it's it's not buried. It's really out in front. Mm-hmm. And it's also not, I mean, you really kind of hear you hitting the strings. You, like you're hearing that. Yeah. You're yeah. hearing that snap of the string when you're playing it. Was that your primary instrument when you first started playing? Actually, guitar was. Why'd you switch to bass? I started playing guitar in my room growing up as a kid. And then um, there was a band in high school, the only music coming out of Andover at the time, this band called Left Hand Blue, and they needed a bassist. So they asked me to play. I was like 15. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, man, like I don't play bass, but I could learn. I play guitar, and I wanted to play out. Were you, were you singing at the time, too? To myself, but terrified to sing in front of anybody else yeah. joined that band as a bassist and then slowly started singing back up with them how old were you 15 wow yeah and then I, I i left that band when i was 20 um we were all going through college leaving college and then just going our own ways but yeah. it was with matt menigal he's another solo artist yeah i mean that, that band was my growing up pretty much as a musician and i mean i always am but that was like the start of everything and i felt very established as a bassist and like i felt really comfortable with that instrument i just i love the bass that i have where like i have mm. never been attached to a guitar in the same way mm. and um what is it it's a 77 precision bass and um, mm. it was actually from new york but i bought it I, my dad bought it when he was in his band playing mm. out at the rat and stuff they bought it in alston at the um that store the music store music mr music so wait a minute you're, chuck is intrigued but we were back <laughs> to the rat wait talk yeah. about your dad what did your dad was your dad a musician he was yeah he he, he was in a band called the bones the and, bones um, that's yeah. a great name yeah they were a good band they, they only played out not, not too much but they played the rat the channel wow places like that back in the 90s and is he still playing 80s. he plays but not out 
just What's your dad's name? Himself. Scott Johnson. That's, That's awesome. so cool. Yeah. So like, was it similar music? Like similar. inspired by? Yeah. Actually, the song "Open Your Eyes" off my first album for now. That song is actually a Bone song that I covered. Wow. And um, you I just wanted your to dad's do it. tune. Yeah, and I had his band play the backing of it because I didn't have a band back then. So I was like hiring friends to play, and I was like, I'm just gonna do a Bone song because I love the song, and I'm inspired by the same music he is. You know, Ramones and Beatles and all that stuff. So. That's awesome. And my dad got me into almost all the music that I really, really listen to. I wonder if he played with or knows the guys in the neighborhood. Yeah, you know what? David Minahan. I love them. And Johnny is a good friend of mine. He played drums on For Now. And yeah. um, he played drums on Only Roses on a couple songs. Because um, that's the same era right there. So, yeah, that's one of his favorite bands. He got me into the neighborhoods. I saw them at TT the Bears when TT's was closing. And I was like, my whole idea of a live show has now changed. And now I know what I want to do with my life. Yeah, like, wow. I love the neighborhood so much. And He's like, nominated for a producer of the year. Yeah, he's so great. He's I, great. I met Dave once and he was just the nicest guy. He's a great guy. And uh, yeah. Johnny's a, a great friend. And I haven't met Lee. They Out all, of the neighborhoods? Yeah, they're so inspiring. That's my, awesome. My so you are like you are ingrained in Boston rock history here. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, especially with your with your dad in there. Yeah, yeah, he knew a lot of old Boston bands that he got me into too, and the Dead Boys and uh, you Who know else? Mission to Burma. Yep, Mission to Burma. Wow. Yeah, I mean, so all do that you have brothers stuff. or sisters? <laughs> I do. I have a brother. And is he into music at all? Or? He plays drums, but he's more into DJing now. He just uh, DJed his first show the other night actually oh, yeah congrats but, um, should we give a shout out what's his name yeah shout out to i don't know his dj name or if he what's has his one. regular name torin johnson torin nice shout job out. man djing for his first gig <laughs> yeah where was it it okay. was in uh, new hampshire somewhere i think it was a house party i love that you covered your dad's tune yeah, I, I had extra space on the album, and it was actually around Christmas time, and I, I brought his drummer into the studio and recorded bass with him. Your dad played guitar, right? <laughs> or plays guitar? Uh, he plays guitar. Yeah, so I had him come in and do the lead. I had his band back me on it, and it was really cool, cool. really good experience. Because as a bass player, I don't know how you fell into that, but I mean, bass is very special. If someone likes the bass and you sing while playing the bass, that's, it's, that's a special thing. It's pretty cool, like... When people say they like it, because I don't really consider myself a bassist. I, I love playing bass, but I'm there to, to sing the songs and write the songs. Mm. And with the bass, it's just kind of like a means to an end to get the melody out and to be the driving force behind it and the glue. good live sound or you know a good recording mm. you know that the bass is that you know you said glue but it's it ties the rhythm to the chords right i mean it yeah it, it strings together the kick and the snare and it gives the groove what are you thinking about or what goes on in a live a typical live tune let's say you're back at the rumble yeah are you thinking about locking into that click 
as much as the vocals or both? With Nick as a drummer, he's pretty solid. And luckily, I don't have to think about it too much. I don't usually think about locking in unless something feels off. And then I'm like, oh, man, I got to like get back on track. But I haven't had that problem, luckily, since Nick joined about two years ago. So are you consciously thinking about melody and vocal more than your bass while you're playing? I think so. And I think now the songs are so ingrained in me from playing them almost like every night this year that I don't even think about what I'm doing anymore on bass or worrying about like, oh, do I even remember how to play this one? Or like, Hmm. it's just automatic. I like end up thinking about other life things when I'm playing. I just want to put on a good show and like be entertaining and like get the energy across. But that's the thing. You're a rock star up there. When you're up there, you're... You're moving the bass. You're not just sitting there. You're moving around comfortably. When I first started out, when I was in that first band, I remember playing my first probably 35 shows. I was glued to the ground. I was like looking down, not moving. Mm -hmm. I was terrified and like shaking probably. It's an art form being able to move. But you're performing. You're singing. You're holding a melody. You got (laughs) lyrics that have to be memorized. Mm. And you're not just sort of a noodling guitar player. You're holding that foundation. Yeah. So for you to practice, I guess, you're kind of answering the question i mean it becomes second nature after the walk it has to totally and i'm pretty comfortable that's the thing about that instrument that i have is that bass is so comfortable that it feels so much like a part of me where i've played it for eight years consistently since that first band i know my way around it and i'm i'm not any you know virtuoso when it comes to bass but as long as i can just keep the foundation of the song and uh, keep it driving. Like bass is one of those instruments where you don't always notice it when it's there, but you notice it when it's not there yes. or when it's played wrong. So it's like even one note can like set the whole song oh, yeah. off. So. But I know I notice it in your songs. It's not as I said before. It's not buried in the background. You can uh, you can hear you. I can hear you playing. Yeah. And there's a really funny quote in here, which I'm sure is totally true. But who are you talking to? Who are you looking know. at? Someone looking in the window again. <laughs> Would anyone like a lozenge, by the way? Um, I'm okay I'll for right now. I'll take a lozenge. Because <coughs> I've got this cough that I think I have Ebola. Guys, is it lemon? Uh, would you like one? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> it was a quote, and I really liked it. It said, okay, so uh, it says, Carissa Johnson is a talented lady. She writes songs, performs them with wild abandon. And then this is, this is the kicker one right here. And if you are lucky enough to be in the audience, you will be captivated by her intense gaze. Oh, wow. Have you heard that one before? I don't think so. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. some serious. I'd be a little nervous to be in the audience. Be captivated by that. I know. I know. Would you stir people down in the audience? Are you one of those people like you know you, you sometimes find them in the audience? I like to look at people when I can when I can. I like to connect, but it's also it's kind of yeah. hard. Like I have the problem Nick has, where I just my hair is always in my face and it's always sweaty, yeah. and I, if I move it for a second, it's just down the next second. So it's hard to look around all the time. But that's also why I move around so much. I think get rid of the hair from my face. But so that's my what hair you is are choking on my hair. Live is is your thing, right? Is yeah, I love I love the energy live. It's so different from you know being anywhere also being like in the studio or like at home writing and stuff but like when you can actually take the final product on stage and sing it and like shout it and then feel the energy of people like reacting to it it's like really cool because you'll react to their energy yeah exactly we've talked about that on this podcast when it comes anywhere from classical (laughs) put the lozenge in the back of your mouth so my guy so like when you're on the stage Oh Teresa. God. <laughs> Teresa. Good God. What we Get like. A full of marbles. <laughs> well, don't spit it. Oh, God. God. No, that's just childish. You still going to drink that? <sighs> anyway, so we've talked to people, whether they're classical or jazz or folk, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what type of music it is. So it's the people coming together to feed off each other. 
Absolutely. Any way I can connect to the crowd, that's always it always makes for a, a better show. And the the shows that I don't feel like I can connect are the ones that I go home like, man, what, what how could I have connected better? But yeah, definitely you can feel it. You can feel whether it's two people or two hundred people, you can feel like if there's like a good connection or not. Have you played anything as big as what's what's where's the be amazing again this year? House, oh, of House of Blues. House of Blues. Have you ever played a place that big before? Not with this band. The biggest this band has played was uh, Sinclair. Um, Sinclair's like 350 people about, 350. Right? I think it was about 350. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's probably, yeah, between 300 and 350. That's probably the most that I've played to with this band. Um, I don't know. I know the Rumble, yeah, like the Rumble was almost sold out every night. That's about 350 people. That's su- that's once in Somerville, right? Once, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember. I do, I think it's probably, yeah, Sinclair was the biggest one. And then Fet Music Hall was pretty big. And then we did Whiskey in LA. That was pretty big. But no, nothing anywhere near House of Blues size, which I've wanted to for so long. And I'm so excited. I, I've wanted to play that room forever. So just to get a taste of it will be really, really cool. You have your own company. It's called Fuel Heart Productions. Yes. You do workshops for do-it-yourself touring. Yeah. And actually, I'm very glad that Vanessa's here, too, because maybe she can talk a little bit about it. I started Fuel Heart because I realized everything I do is pretty much like what a label does. Like, I record my own songs. I have, like, my own engineer and producer. So I manage myself, book myself, do my own art write my own songs, drive myself, you know, band manage, everything. And, you know, with help from other people, like with help from my producer engineer and help from my band and stuff like that. Mm. But when I go out to book these tours that I, I was doing, my goal was to hit a new place every six months and do a two-week tour with my band. So we hit the Northwest and we were camping out, borrowing equipment from all the other bands, rented a car, only brought out our instruments and drum breakables and then really roughed it, but it was such an experience and um, we ended up breaking even close to, it was such an adventure. Yeah. So it was like, all right, we did Northwest, I want to do Southwest now in like six months. So then in January, this past January, we did Southwest, hit like New Mexico, California, Arizona, the, the whole Southwest. And it was so cool, like doing it all ourselves and it was a lot of work. But after that, I was just like, I want to like turn this into something and through meeting Vanessa too, um, who she has her own production label and um, artist development label where you know she helps other artists and I've always kind of helped other artists too around Boston around New England with artwork and guidance like just random things here and there booking and I really love that stuff I love the the kind of like the management side of things so it was like a tour consultant business too a little bit I have a, a company called the Diamond Heart Production um, and it's an artist development label that I've had for probably about three years right now and I'm an engineer and producer and I've been in the business probably 15, 16, 17 years, had every job in the business and, um, you know, everything from doing royalties to being an assistant engineer to uh, doing internet marketing. Basically, I was doing A&R scouting and and an assistant engineer and doing my band and, you know, I saw all these amazing bands who were getting signed who I found before they were being signed and I was wearing all these hats in the business and you know I just said I'm gonna help myself and help the other artists and bands on the way and and so I've been doing this for a bit and um I work with a lot of bands I managed bands before and you know I'm a full-time touring DIY artist I've played probably close to 340 shows in the last 25 months and uh when I met Carissa you know we immediately hit it off because here you have a prime example of an artist who is owning her scene helping the community, and it's super authentic. When I started talking to her, we hit it off immediately because she was already kind of helping bands around, but 
didn't quite have a name to it yet and was kind of figuring stuff out and had thought about starting a label. I was like, oh my God, you're like kind of what I'm doing, have already been doing, but on the East Coast. Right. And um, we recently did a DIY artist workshop for people. We worked with uh, Girls Rock Camp in Santa Barbara. Yep. I know who, there's, a girl, there's one here too. Yeah, and they're su- super supportive of, you know, female musicians, but not only females, but men and boys as well, just music and kids. Well, you're mentors. That's the whole message, I think, with the whole touring and stuff is go do it, you can do it. And that the whole example is you can do it. And Carissa is a prime example of a, a young artist who other artists can look up to and has done so much in her community, built so much on her own, but is widespread and building so much on her own by helping other people. It's awesome because, you know, one of the things we talk about here a lot is in a positive way is fear. You getting out of your little comfort zone of me playing, you know, some local places around here and getting in a van and going to God knows where you're going and I've no idea how to do it. That's got to be fairly terrifying for someone who... It's totally terrifying. And just to let people know, anyone who's listening, like I've done multiple U.S. tours alone completely as a woman and so to me i feel like as an artist that's like a duty to share that with other artists and people in general that like the fear and all that stuff is more than people think it's you can do it too we're so glad you're here to close that loop for that perspective because we're just meeting you carissa now and it's it's really awesome to hear the artist's perspective but to have another artist but also knows you in a different way is really special to to see that perspective yeah, it's been really special just to be able to tour so much, and a lot of that's because of Vanessa. Through her experience and being in Boston, I love Boston, and playing the shows here, and then there comes a point where it's like, now I want to like expand a little more and like try other places, and yeah. you know, just to a, a larger extent than what I have been doing. So are you guys traveling? Are you on the same van? Or? Yeah, so um, usually we go out on these things acoustic, and then uh, my band will come out for a couple shows, maybe fly out to the West Coast and okay. do a couple shows out, out there, but um, since it's acoustic, we're able to take our own vehicles so if we do a west coast tour we'll take vanessa's crv if we're out on the east coast we're gonna be taking my crv i have a crv really they're fun vehicles yeah <laughs> they carry a lot of things it's, wow, nice. it's very suburban of you yeah 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 we're like soccer moms <laughs> hey i feel i'm now i'm feeling more like a rocker yeah i have a crv too i got a dude i have a 2014 crv how cool is that oh, that That's was an amazing. awesome year for crvs yeah i have a jeep yeah jeep i beat all of you Oh, do you take the doors off? I take it off once in a while. Yeah. It's a big deal to take off the doors. Yeah. Although Joe, he he has a Jeep too. Yeah. But he takes off the doors on like 20 degree weather and he still um, has a roof off. Look at him. He's very, Joe's very rugged. Top? No top or doors. Uh, his, his, his Jeep doesn't even have wow. a roof on it. Where we are going, we have no doors. That's what he would say. <laughs> no, that's, a, that's a bad Star Wars reference. It's not Star Wars. There are no roads. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, that's Back to the Future. It's back Sorry. to the Future. You just mixed Star Wars and Back to the Future I stories. I did. I'm so oh, ashamed. Goodness. My first band, all of us and our equipment fit into a Pontiac. Drum set, bass amp, guitar amp, awesome. three members. That was the uh, Carissa Johnson and the Electric Party Convention. Ooh, I love we, that. Uh, Say that again. Carissa Johnson and the Electric Party Convention. I like it. What was the name of the band in, the, awesome. in, in the Muppets? <laughs> yeah, it was an Electric Mayhem. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know. Was that's that Joe seeing the Pussycats band? <laughs> no, that's that's not, it's the that Muppets. The Pussycats. That's Archie and the Jugheads. <laughs> Is that the Archie band? Archie and the Jugheads. So you're oh, gonna I play don't know, for maybe. us? 
I could do some songs. Yeah. We would love you guys. Do you have any more questions, Chuck? Okay, so Full Heart Productions. Do, do you have? Does it have its own website, Full Heart Productions, or is this um, through so your So it has website? a link. Um, I do have the domain. It goes straight to my site right now, and there's a page on Carissa Johnson Music um, that will it, it will direct you to that. Um, there's a little page off of that site that you can click to get some more info on that. Feel Heart Productions. All right, awesome. And so and so with the BMA is coming up, and you're still in the studio finishing up. Where are you yep. recording it? Um, so I recorded a couple tracks with Benny Grotto at uh, Mad Oak. Okay. And then um, I'm doing the other, re- the rest of the songs at the Den in um, North Reading with uh, Doug Batchelder, who did Only Roses and For Now. Awesome. And yeah. so we, it should come out when? Um, it'll be coming out March 10th. Is, and, there, uh, is there an album cool. name? Yes. It Car hasn't band. actually been released yet. Should I debut it here? Yes. Oh, yeah. Please. Yes. Go for it. All right. It's called Talk, Talk, Talk. And it'll be out March 10th. And it's going to be released at Great Scott. Oh, so. excellent! That's your CD around. release party. CD release party, March tenth. Great Scott, 10th. awesome. Are you gonna put out vinyl? I would like to, um, if the funds allow for it. I will. Um, we have a great place for you to do it. Do really? Do? It's yes, called the do. Burlington Record Plant in Burlington, Vermont. Ooh, they're awesome. Okay, yeah. I'll have to look into it because uh, I was finishing up the artwork today, and I was like, you know, this would look cool on vinyl. Yeah, I always think that. Everything Actually, you know what? Vinyl. We have a podcast that we went up to. Burlington to meet him and another guest mm-hmm. and his name is Justin Crowther anyway so you can like listen to us babble with him mm-hmm. and, and it was great because we took our candy out of our mouths before we talked to him so you can oh, understand what we were saying that's good no yeah. lozenges it really worked <laughs> Vanessa thank- this was a nice surprise I'm oh. sorry we didn't have a microphone for you special hey thank you guys very much I'll do you lost you
Do one more? I'll do one more, yeah, sure. I think I'm going to do uh, the song called Cardinal, which will be the next single off the new album. Here we are. It's a goddamn shame, feels like you'd like to. Forget my name, I just met you. like to thank Carissa Johnson and also Vanessa Silberman for sitting with us. If you would like more information on Carissa, including tour dates and her album release, go to carissajohnsonmusic.com. You can also see more about Vanessa at vanessasilberman.com. Go to abovethebasement.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, listen and subscribe to our podcast, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, and look at all the nice pictures we post on Instagram. We are everywhere. On behalf of Ronnie and myself, thanks for listening. Tell your friends and remember, Boston music, like its history, is unique. Above the Basement Boston Music and Conversation is recorded at beautiful Woods Hill Table Restaurant in West Concord, Massachusetts. Woods Hill Table is honored to have been awarded three stars as the most sustainable restaurant in Massachusetts by the Sustainable Restaurant Association. The food is organic and locally sourced, non-GMO, and is absolutely delicious. Chef Charlie Foster focuses on seasonal ingredients and their own grass-fed livestock raised on the farm at Woods Hill in Bath, New Hampshire. Go to woodshilltable.com for reservations.